1: To we stand together, an academic pop culture symposium. Mm-hmm. Welcome, welcome. We are the pop culture professors, smart
2: people, dumb topics.
1: Oh, you know that's right. It doesn't get much smarter or dumber than this show. <laughs> that's so true. I'm Caitlin a guy. <laughs> I'm still Lauren Brickman. Still Lauren Brickman. It's true. No matter how hard I pray at night to wake up and be Carrie Russell, I'm still Lauren Brickman. <laughs>
2: You, I mean, what would you really feel though? You wake up, okay, Matthew Mm -hmm. Reese is there.
1: First of all, about time.
2: But then you've got all these kids.
1: Oh, I forgot they have kids. You're right. I got to redo my whole vision board. That's not going to work for me. And you're like, how many good roles does she have ahead of her? I mean, if you could go back and do Felicity and the Americans. I mean, you know what? It's Carrie. Having done them means I get the accolades for it and the residual checks. (laughs) And I don't have to do anything to like earn either one of them.
2: That's true. That's so true. And I don't mean that she doesn't. Of course, she has good roles ahead of her. I, I, I mean that the industry is bad. She's wonderful. She's wonderful. You know what else is wonderful?
1: The fact that we are allowed in college classrooms. You were one I today. I was. I was in multiple college classrooms today. I was sending you pictures from the college classroom today. <laughs> today, I had a student go, yo, professor you're playing an awful lot of Harry Styles today. Don't think I haven't noticed. And I said, "Wow, it's only been three songs. And she goes, that's three in a row. She's like, something is up. Like she literally said something is up. And I go on my way to school today, I found out I'm going to the Harry Styles concert in October. Yay! Wow. Read you. And she said, I knew I had you clocked. (laughs) And I don't really know what it means, but I've been thinking about it for hours. But it is accurate.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You, the way that some conservative parents worry about sending their kids to college and they get indoctrinated with like liberal Mm -hmm. values, they should be worrying about you indoctrinating them, but less with any political spectrum and more specifically your pop culture taste.
1: Yeah. The same student a couple of weeks ago responded well to a joke I made about Dawson's Creek and revealed (laughs) that she loves Joshua Jackson. And today I looked at her, Because she was like, you got good taste in music. I like you. And I was like, are you my child? Like, I know it's not physically possible, but I looked at her and I was like, I think somehow we have defied biology and I'm your mother and you are my child. And I was so thankful that she was just like, I feel that instead of you're scary and I need a restraining order. You know, it could have really gone
2: to a dark place. Is this a Gen Z person or uh, more of a millennial? Gen Z. Wow. I believe. I don't ask. Making up for the, the general Zers who famously on our live show thought that Dawson's Creek looked like some kind of ripoff of Twilight, as they said. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure this particular student uh, discovered Dawson's Creek on Netflix. That's okay. And just you know, fell into okay. it.
2: That's okay. Fine, which is fine. She did her homework. She doesn't know about the real theme song, but that's fine. It's just no fault of her own.
1: Well, now she could because the real theme song is back.
2: Oh, right, right, right. And probably because you play it. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because I say, all right, everybody knows the daily warm up.
2: <laughs> so you would say that you you teach your students about standing. Would you teach yeah. our listeners about standing, please? Yeah. Every,
1: every class I'm in, whether it's on a <laughs>
2: podcast
1: or, you know, on a college campus, is about standing, which means that you're an obsessive fan of something. Caitlin, this week we're coming in locked and loaded and
2: hot. We are, yeah. call us Little Caesars because we're hot and ready and I, I really think you should take the lead on our stand of the week because there's there's one show that we're obsessed with above all others that the listeners know it it's Grey's Anatomy. I'm gonna uh, we cry. are uh doing uh more stuff on Clubhouse guys please follow us uh and we did a Clubhouse of Grey's Anatomy premiere predictions. And one, Lauren Ann Brickman hit us with this one. And it seemed obscure. It seemed wild. It seemed like, why would that happen? Um, but do you want to speak to Lauren what you said happened and what, in fact, did happen?
1: So, it's not, it is not chance that I brought up Carrie Russell today because Felicity <laughs> and its many elements have been on my mind for uh, the last 24 hours because Caitlin asked, like, what my number one wish was for season 18. And I said, a return of Scott Speedman, Mm -hmm. who played Doctor Nick Marsh, I believe in season fourteen. That sounds about right. something like that. Um, This character was on maybe two episodes. Maybe I would say
2: two or three episodes had a small guest arc.
1: Very small guest arc. But when I tell you that you could light the city of Las Vegas with the chemistry between Ellen Pompeo and Scott Speedman, I am not. I am not shitting you. Like the fire that is that pairing. I have been from the moment he left camera, I have been praying for his return <laughs> on the show. And folks, y'all know I have I, I support a lot of the love interest for Meredith, but above all else, Nick Marsh for life. And I said yesterday, Caitlin, what I want more than anything, and it's not gonna happen because Krista Vernoff won't give me this, is a return of Nick Marsh. He should be there. And my God.
2: It happened folks, they 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 were they were playing up that someone from Meredith's past would return and we already knew oh. that kate burton as ellis gray was going to return for season 18 so we said it's probably just going to be her now they did an amazing psych out because they did include her in the first scene and you thought it was over you thought oh good, that's the person wow krista you did it again you got us and for those of you that think mm-hmm. oh Grey's anatomy must be getting old in season 18 by the way they don't feel any loyalty to keep the same tone mm-mm, or look mm-mm. episode to episode. So you never know what you're going to see. Yeah, no, absolutely. So it is not stale in the least because you're in, like, what show is this? In some
1: ways, I felt like I was seeing a show I'd never seen before last night. It was very interesting. But I will say this. I do need to say something. This show is typically a celebration of things that we love, but I do need to call some people out really quick. Okay. To every single member of the Grey's Anatomy stand who... Posted on social media, who was that, or why am I supposed to care, or can someone explain to me? All of you haters out there who are trying to um, revise history as if Dr. Nick Marsh is not an important, intrinsic part of the fabric of this universe, y'all need to get right with the world. And a few of you slid into our DMs today asking me questions. You didn't tell me this while well, we share an account i just you protected that you me see i did you i protect and i just want you all to i just i just hope everyone gets right just get right with yourself you know yeah, just get right
2: uh, and let's you go. know who we think is always is right, right all the time it is our guest this week we have the amazing ian lockwood ian hello. welcome Hello. welcome
1: hello
3: Caitlin, Lauren, thank you for having me i'm so excited to be here we
1: simply must we simply had to have you because We recently discovered your incredible song, and it is the inspiration for today's episode. Not like other girls.
2: We (laughs) love the single, love the video uh, dying and love the topic. This is actually a topic, uh, that we in our book club have, have discussed at length. The, the, the theory, the, what it is to be a girl. That's not like other girls. It's it's Ooh. so important. How, how did you come upon this oeuvre that I guess, it, you know, it's, it's part of your life's work now.
3: <laughs> well, uh, I've been fascinated with the concept for quite some time. It's, it's this idea of not like other girls is a very popular internet, mm-hmm. uh, concept. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Whether that is someone being very basic and <laughs> defining someone defining themselves as not, not like other girls sincerely. Or the funny meme concept of uh, of people who define themselves as not like being not like other girls as being quite funny, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. quite mm-hmm. foolish looking. <laughs> and so I thought about the concept for a long time. And something I love to do is uh, something that I find a lot of uh, comedy in is as a gay uh cis man just sort of crossing that line and applying traditionally female concepts to myself for Mm -hmm. a degree of absurdity because when when i'm in that mode when i'm with my girlies we're watching drag race fun. i'm just one of the girlies and so i kind of i kind of lose myself in these these (laughs) concepts apply to me and then also it was just fascinating because there really is no way to win this game. I mean, correct. Women can never win. Obviously, it's like the worst thing you can be is basic. But even worse is to define yourself as not being basic. So it's a, it's a fun like unwinnable game, and it it was fun to examine.
2: Totally. And when we were even uh, coming up uh, with stuff for this episode, and Lauren, I don't know if you felt the same. Sometimes I'd be like wait, am I becoming a not like other girls by pointing out (laughs) this in other people? What am I doing? I'm trapped. I'm in a a hall of mirrors. Um, We all
3: do it. And I mean, even this podcast is like talking about taste and not like other girls is essentially a discussion about taste and judging people's taste.
2: Right. You know what it is? It's like morality based on taste, which is not what we do here. But yes, totally. (laughs) That is it. And it's like an internalized misogyny, but like one Mm -hmm. that's just sort of for, for status within your own social circle and, mm-hmm. and, and quite meaningless, ultimately. Uh, but I, I love the phrase. It's so funny.
3: Oh, yeah. I would argue that this podcast is kind of the antithesis of that idea, because it is mm-hmm. not judging for taste and being very accepting of all tastes, maybe judging a little bit, but, but mostly being very accepting. Well,
2: just the people that don't know who Dr. Nick Marsh is.
1: Right, <laughs> I right, mean, right. those
2: people are obviously evil. And to be
1: fair, that's just an act of terrorism. Like those are <laughs> terrorists and we we don't negotiate
2: with terrorists. <laughs> yeah, on we this can't, show. we cannot condone violence. <laughs> no. Uh but we you know, that is your credit. It's amazing new video. Everyone should check it out. Lauren, do, do you feel like you have a credit in the world of of not like other girls a reason that we should be listening to your authority?
1: Well, you know,
2: the first thing that came
1: to mind when I was trying to think of my credits today was, you know, once again, friend of the pod and former guest Chris Burns came to mind because. Oh, always. Oh, first of all, always. Uh Mostly because every time I see him on my Instagram feed, he's nine times out of 10, he's wearing something that used to be in my closet. So that's, you know, he's always on my <laughs> mind. But. Beyond that, many, many years ago, Chris and I did a web series called Sitters, which I've mentioned on the pod before. But (laughs) I was thinking about how we were working on like our crowdfunding for that show, like how we raised money for it. (laughs) And like our whole like tagline about why people should give us funding was that we're not your typical leading ladies. Like Ah. that was the whole thing was not your typical leading lady. Like give us money to fund our web series because you're going to see fat people making out and having <laughs> sex and all this other stuff. Um, and it was like, I was very adamant when we were working on that web series that my character had to be seen as having sex because fat women don't usually get to do that in a way that's celebrated. And I was like, and that's why I'm not your typical leading lady. So anyways, <laughs> that's my credit this week is an aggressive online marketing campaign I did years ago to try and get friends and family to give me their money.
2: What's great about that is you're you're absolutely correct that fat women don't get to be like uh, sexy or sexual mm-hmm. on camera a lot. But the way you correct that is you get to pitch yourself making mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. with people. Okay, yeah. just just that's, that's
1: how that is my activism. My activism is <laughs> creating opportunities for myself to become a sexual object. Right. That is activism.
2: <laughs> you're a hero yeah. to me. Thank you. <laughs> Mine goes back to to the time of being a little kid because this is how quickly it gets into your brain. Yeah. Like this was second grade. Uh, I recently had a, a high school reunion on Zoom. Oh, shout gosh. out class of a year and uh, attendee to the Zoom reunion and childhood best friend Megan was on, and I remembered that in second grade we used to she would come over to my house and we would covertly play barbies <gasps> because we thought barb we and we swore we would not tell anyone at school that we did still like to play barbies we're 7 mm-hmm. years old <laughs> and i had like 35 barbies so it was like we can't tell anyone about this and this doesn't leave this room but we are going to play barbies can you imagine a second grader it's crazy
3: it's very funny, but also ultimately like kind of makes me sad that you yes! <laughs> make feel like you weren't allowed to play Barbies as a child.
2: As a child. Also, we were flattering ourselves that we had so many other friends that people were like, <laughs> "We're really I, wondering what Caitlin and Megan were up to this weekend.
1: I play Barbie for a lot longer than I think most kids did. Barbies
2: are great. I follow Barbie on Instagram.
1: Yeah. I do remember my mom having a conversation with me being like, hey, you playing Barbie is so cool. Maybe you don't have to tell like, lead with that. You're getting to an age where like maybe we don't lead with it.
2: Your college applications.
1: <laughs> I do remember my mom having that moment of like, maybe the Barbies go in the closet and you pull them out when you need them. Just a thought. All right. Before we move on from Barbie, I know this this episode is not about Barbie, but It could be. I do have a connective tissue question and I'm curious. Um I remember getting to an age when I started to feel like I was aging out of Barbie that my Barbie place started to become not like other girls play where like I started modifying my Barbies. Like I cut a lot of hair, did a lot of like food color dye jobs and like was really obsessed with like trying to make my Barbies look punk rock because I thought that would make it more okay that I was like playing with it. And that's a memory that I had buried Mm -hmm. deep in my brain.
3: And do you think it was truly that you felt better about playing with them and not just that's where your interests were headed?
1: I think it's probably a combination of all of the above. I also mm. think there was some real joy in just destroying beautiful Barbie. And, oh, yeah. Um, marking her up with Sharpie tattoos.
3: As someone who's destroyed his sister's Barbies, flushed their heads down the toilet. Ugh, the thrill. Oh, my God. <laughs> <hear>
2: again. <laughs> uh, uh, Barbie is the giving tree. We don't talk about this enough. She
3: gives us so much. <laughs> and she never asks for anything.
2: Nothing. Oh, my Nothing.
1: God. Nothing. I need that interpretation of the giving tree stat. That is the book I want to be giving to friends who are
2: having children. The giving Barbie. (laughs) All right. Well, I think we're all qualified. I think it's time to play a game. This game is called not like other quotes. Ian, I'm going to give you a quote that to me, it feels not like other girly. We can discuss whether it is or isn't at the end. I'm going to give you multiple choice and you can tell me who said it. Got it? Yes. Great. First quote. The girls who were unanimously considered beautiful often rested on their beauty alone. I felt I had to do things, to be intelligent, and develop a personality in order to be seen as attractive. By the time I realized maybe I wasn't plain and might even possibly be pretty, I had already trained myself to be a little more interesting and informed. Was this (laughs) Diane von Furstenberg, Donna Karen, or Lisa Turtle?
3: (laughs) Okay. First of all, that was literary. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, also whoever said this sounds like an absolute girl boss, bitch. I stand already, uh, without even (laughs) being sure. I'm going to go a Diane von Furstenberg.
2: That is correct. Okay. uh, Great job. And I put in Donna Karen there and I thought that was a red herring, pretty good red herring. Mm, mm. You bring up girl boss, which in, in doing like a prep for this episode, I was like, what is the line between not like other girls and girl boss? It's not the same, but they're related. They are related. they are
3: very related and they can intersect. Absolutely.
2: Intersectional. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, one for one, we're on to two. For me, the issue of feminism is just not an interesting concept. I'm more interested in, you know, SpaceX and Tesla. What's going to happen with our intergalactic possibilities? Whenever people bring up feminism, I'm like, God, I'm just not really that interested.
3: Wait, don't, is that Grimes? (laughs) No. No, okay, wait, give it to me, give it to me. No, that would
2: make sense at least. Yeah. Uh, Was this Dua Lipa? Lana Del Rey or hmm. Little Debbie.
3: Oh, no, no, sorry. I know exactly who this is, please, please. It's, uh, it's Lana Del Rey. She is, she is obsessed <laughs> with not being a feminist and I love her music and all I want to do is stand her and she makes it so hard. <laughs> Ugh, Lana, stop dating the policeman, please. <laughs> mm.
2: She's such an interesting one. All right, mm-hmm. third one. I don't really see myself as sexy. I'm the biggest nerd I know. Was it Nicole Scherzinger, Jenny McCarthy, or Dionne Warwick? Hmm.
3: Ooh, okay. Dionne Warwick would be very interesting. I would love to hear that come out, out of her mouth. Um, ooh, okay. Based on who I know is self-aware and who I know <laughs> is not, as someone who has watched a good amount of The Masked Singer.
1: Good, good. Good. That is the connective tissue for the three of them. Mm -hmm. Yep,
3: absolutely. I am going to go with Jenny McCarthy (laughs) Wahlberg.
2: Shockingly, it's Nicole Scherzinger.
3: Wow, okay.
2: That that was cruel of me. I mean, I did put in Jenny McCarthy because it feels like it's going to be Jenny. Yeah,
3: it really does. And Nicole, I'm always like, oh, Nicole Snaps, you're so cool. You're so much more. I know. I love Nicole. Yeah.
2: But, you know, we need them all. <laughs> we
3: we need do them need all them all. To make the
2: mass Singer. They're
3: all, right, all it's important. Okay.
2: It's okay. Two for three. All right, the fourth. I hail men. I love men. I celebrate <laughs> American male culture and beer and bars and muscle cars. Was it Cher, Lady Gaga, or Nancy Pelosi?
3: <laughs> Ooh, okay, okay. Um, obviously, Nancy. No, uh, the, that is, so first of all, I just want to say that is absolutely the thesis of being not like other girls. Uh, yeah. There is. It doesn't always have to be, but a lot of the time, there is a science in sort of appealing to men. Yeah. You assert that it's your personality. By the way, I don't think that people do this. I do yeah. this more than women do this. Um, but it's trying to assert to men that you identify with them.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Right, right. Signaling.
3: This is tough because I see Gaga and Cher saying this in exactly the same way. Both of them <laughs> trying to be very iconic. They're they're uh, all
2: Italian icons in their own way. <laughs>
3: True. Mm.
2: Cher is not Italian, but she was in Moonstruck. But yeah.
3: Yes. OK, I think I'm not going to go with Cher because I think that she would make such a political statement, but it wouldn't have meant anything to say that until <laughs> later, when she right? stopped sort of caring and now right. just tweets and has fun. So I am going to go with Gaga.
2: It is Gaga. It yeah. is Gaga. Mm-hmm. All right. And
3: I really showed my work there. Absolutely.
2: You really did. And we love that in this Absolutely. classroom. Absolutely, You're right, because it is. It's very generational Mm -hmm. a baby boomer doesn't do it for all their faults they don't do a lot of not like other girl stuff it's not for them true they are like other girls
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so Cher does a lot of defining herself as being different and I saw the Cher musical which was incredible of
2: course um
3: and it is all about how she would the whole first act is about how she was different
2: well it is about how statutory rapes okay (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> but uh, but I love it. You know, it's all it's all share. It's all OK. It all worked out. It was uh, so good. OK, our final our final one is dark. These two women, and it refers to Asia Argento and Rose McGowan, mm. have used and abused the Me Too movement, which they have been at the front lines of since the beginning for their own personal gain. I know it's uncouth for me to say that, but I'm saying it. I'm uncouth. Kick me off the planet, ladies. Was this Leah McSweeney? Countess Luann, or MTV VJ Dallas.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those are three very good options, and they got better as they went along. I'm not 100% sure, but imagining them each of them saying that, I, I'm going to guess Leah McSweeney.
2: It is. It is yeah. Leah McSweeney. Wow.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Leah Incredible. is an interesting one. She's quite woke on camera, but... Anytime she's not on Real House of New York, she says a lot of wild stuff.
3: <laughs> and good for her. She's living her best life. <laughs>
2: yeah. She absolutely is. I actually get you know what, Ian, you got four out of five. The, the uh-huh. one you missed was complete trick. So it, this you wow. really know you're quotable, not like other girls.
3: I feel great about that because I've been I've been listening to the pod. Mm-hmm, I've been great. enjoying it quite a bit, but <laughs> I've been getting progressively more and more scared because I've been like, <laughs> how how do these hosts and these guests know everything. How does <laughs> how do how did Pat Regan know everything about every challenge season? I was like <laughs> Well that's
2: his own illness. There are some real animals <laughs> on this show. Yeah. I mean we referred to it a lot, but the Jeff Hiller episode was like nothing that I've ever experienced uh-huh. before since. <laughs>
1: The Jeff Hiller really set the bar for us in terms of how we set up the show because I thought it was going to be a funny game where he didn't know the answers and he knew every single answer, and I was like, "Well, I guess Jeff has a vision for what our podcast is going to be in a way that I didn't." And challenge accepted, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
3: If you get one hundred percent on every game, do you become a new host?
1: Yeah, you can. You can actually. You get and the he offer. refused. <laughs> he was like, "Absolutely Got it. not."
3: <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. I'm out of the running, but maybe I could come back and try it again.
1: Oh, absolutely. And Listen, we always keep the door open for folks to come in and school us in
3: something. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. We mm. love it.
2: We love okay. it. You know, on that note, I, I think I need a break. I need to get some LaCroix. We're going to take
1: a quick LaCroix break and we'll be right back.
0: Together. Together. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
3: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, we are all hydrated and full of bubbly, which is a great way to slide right in to Caitlin's thesis today. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lauren.
2: So I think uh, we've touched upon this a little bit already, but... uh, Not like other girls, inherently, it's obviously defining yourself against others. Um, And I think part of that, part of what you have to do is you have to keep pivoting. You have to keep binging and bonging. Like, what does that mean? You keep changing it. Because after all, you're never really defining yourself, which makes it easier. And I think the queen of this on television, on reality television for the past, say 10 years actually, is Stassi Schroeder of Vanderpump Rules. Mm -hmm. Now, Stassi, When you first see her is a blonde, all-American girl. You could say she looks like other girls, but she will be quick to get in your face and let you know that that is not true. And it always felt incongruous and weird, frankly. (laughs) Um, Fundamentally, her personality is mean person, um, but that's not you. You can't have that as a lower third Chiron. So. She really likes to talk about how she loves serial killers and different, like, murder and crime things. Like, that is what she thinks is edgy and interesting. Of note, she actually first appeared on television for American audiences in Family Amazing Race when she was in, like, eighth oh my grade. God. <laughs> yeah. And she was goth.
3: Well, the goth to blonde pipeline is proven.
2: And it's a it's Mm -hmm. a certain personality for sure. Mm -hmm. Then her second appearance on reality television, not Vanderpump Rules yet. She was on a short lived show called Queen Bees, which was basically about Mm. mean girls forced to live together. So finally, she hits the Vanderpump Rules scene. Third time's the charm. We got a mega hit on our hands. And (laughs) her main thing, like people might. Remember, her main thing is like her tumultuous relationship with Jax and him cheating on her. Her first main thing was hating Sheena, who was another waitress at, at uh, the Sir. I almost said Sir restaurant, and that is incorrect because, as we all know, S U R stands for sexy, unique restaurant. So, restaurants in there. So, at Sir, excuse me.
3: ATM machine.
2: <laughs> exactly. ATM machine. Um, so <laughs> Sheena is another waitress who previously had a relationship with a married man. Not great. Of course, this was Randy uh, Glanville's husband. That's not great, but uh, it obviously didn't directly affect Stassi in any way, but this does not keep Stasi from calling her a, ho- she uses the word whore in a way that like, we just 2021 is just different than 2013. Like it, you just would, I don't think hear someone on reality just say whore and hooker all the time to describe. <laughs> another one. And not like once or twice, like she says it constantly. But what's funny is, first of all, Sheena never repeats this behavior on camera. And her main thing is being bubbly, positive, mm-hmm. and girly. And Stasi hates it. Like Stassi hates her, calls her a whore and a hooker for doing oh, makeup. She makes fun of her having too much makeup on her wedding day, and for wearing a crop top on her wedding day. Wow. Also, she has another obsession. This one is good. And this is also a not like other girls thing. And you touch upon this in your video. She's obsessed with fattening foods and talking about how she loves them. Mm -hmm. Now, am I jealous that she's known for loving ranch and that she had a sponsorship deal with Taco Bell? 100%. I am jealous. I will put that out there. Like I am coming for her a little bit because of my extreme jealousy on those fronts. But it's like, I don't know. It, It always feels weird. Like it feels judgmental of girls who are worried about restricting their calories. But as if, as if those girls invented diet culture themselves and (laughs) invented like patriarchal systems, it's like, take, take your anger out elsewhere than other than girls that, that just don't eat ranch, which obviously doesn't apply to me in any way. Um, (laughs) And then finally, okay. Now her husband, she has a husband and a baby. Now the husband, Bo she all of a sudden told us she loves because he's quirky and can joke as much as she can. It's like, you're not funny. Like, I don't know why you think that that is, (laughs) that is a not like other girls thing that actually like offends me is how funny they believe they are. Mm -hmm. And that is a problem. Mm -hmm. And then, so this is a conundrum. Her book, which they all have a book and we respect the grift, absolutely. But Mm. her book is called Next Level Basic. So she spent like eight years on camera being like, I'm more into serial killers than eyeliner. And then like, but then like she wants to cash in on the basic trend. It it was Mm -hmm. very odd. It was just very odd. And ultimately she was fired from Bravo for racism. (laughs) (laughs) My God. In in that way, she's exactly like some other girls, namely the three other castmates that were also (laughs) fired for racism. (laughs) Um, And we don't need to go into too much what she did, but it was, Bad. It wasn't just an errant comment. And she's Mm. rough. So anyway, I I think it's interesting. I I don't know if you guys are uh, fans of Vanderpump, but like in general, in reality TV, I think there was this kind of mean girl, basically, Mm -hmm. that defined herself as as anti-girl that was popular about eight to 10 years ago. And I feel like that's faded away. I feel like you're seeing more like the summer house girls are all like, you know, girl squad kind of girls and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like you see that is coming more into prominence, which is interesting. Which I think we owe to Taylor Swift. Wow. Okay. Coming in as a a semi mini, mini thesis. Hot. Let's hear it. We owe it. I kind of see what you're saying. The popular, I think the
1: popularization of it, right? Because I think like Mm -hmm. coming out of like the nineties and two thousands, like what you're absolutely right. Like, Yes, we had a moment with Spice Girls Girl Power, yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm. I think more often than not growing up, I think when I think of like pop culture representation of like females, it's always in competition, right? Mm-hmm. Like females were getting pitted against each other from Brittany and Christina to like on TV, Jen and Joey on Dawson's Creek, right? Like right. like the, like it was intrinsically a part of culture growing up. And I think, like, You're absolutely right that I think there's this more inclusive, like, why are we not all just like friends energy? But I really do think a tipping point for that was like the popularization of this idea of squad goals and Taylor and all of her chums, whether you buy into it or not, it became this thing of like hashtag squad goals.
2: Yeah, it is funny because that obviously is like gotten a little like made fun of her being cheesy and stuff as mm-hmm. well. But like, yeah, you're totally right. Like she's kind of famous for being friends with Lena Dunham and mm-hmm. um, like for fangirling over like Ellen Pompeo mm-hmm. and Mariska Hargate and stuff. So that is totally interesting. Yeah.
3: And Taylor has never something I think is incredible about her is whether you think she's being real or fake or whatever. She has never disagreed with anyone's read of her. She has only ever let it pass or in like the ca- case of reputation, completely lent into it. She's never been like, she's never heard a criticism and been like, actually, you're wrong about me. She just goes with it. It's amazing.
2: Right. No, so does, it doesn't need to control the narrative.
3: And yet she has, she's so skilled at it. How does she do it?
2: I assume a deal with the devil was struck at that point. <laughs> Yeah, squad goals. The devil.
1: She and I
3: are going to meet. I know this, and I'm putting this out into the, in the into the sphere. She and I are going to meet, and we're going to have a nice lunch.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love oh, a lunch date. Ian, I fully believe you will you will be in a
2: Taylor Swift music video. So.
3: Thank you. That means a lot. That and means I think a lot. she'll
2: yeah. be in an Ian Lockwood video.
3: <gasps> okay, now I'm I'm getting dizzy. Okay, come on. A
2: crossover. A crossover event.
1: <laughs> There's going to be a not like other girls. Theme in a music video, Mm -hmm. and you and Mm -hmm. Taylor are going to be in matching outfits, and it's going to be like it's going to be a whole vibe.
3: And I'd love to invite Taylor to do a feature on a song if that interests her, or to have me on. I'd I'd love to, of course. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, you
2: should hear the track first. You should hear
3: the yeah. No, I would obviously have to hear the track first and make sure it was the right one for me and what I'm trying to put
2: out. I was
1: recently educated by our book club about a young man named Troy. This is a (laughs) this is a musical artist out there. Yeah. Um, And I went down a rabbit hole of music video of like clips of Troy and Taylor in concert. I guess she's brought him Mm. up on stage and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I see you very soon pushing Troy out of the way and becoming Taylor's new friend that she brings out at concerts. This is what I see for you. Later, Troy.
3: I agree. I think everything that Troy has is something that I deserve.
1: I only learned about him a few weeks ago and I fully agree. At the mm. Met Gala, people kept posting about him and I was like, who is he? And I was convinced that the We Stand Book Club was gaslighting me and that he hadn't actually existed the day before. Like, that's how I feel. About it.
3: <laughs> I think Troy has been prolific, especially in like gay circles for a while. But when he released a song fully about bottoming, every every gay man's sort of little antenna went up and went, OK, I know who you are.
1: Great. <laughs> I, I love him and I love that he's out there. I had truly missed everything until the Met Gala.
3: He has, I don't know if you two binge Architectural Digest YouTube videos. Oh, okay, it might start, might okay, start.
1: Okay, they're so
3: fun. They take tours through either celebrities' homes or um, absurd oh, yeah, yeah. $50 million homes.
2: Oh, is that the famous Liv Tyler video? Is that I think, one yes. of those? Okay, yeah, yes. gotcha,
3: love it. Um, <laughs> and they did Troy, and he endeared himself to me so perfectly in that video, and I stand now. I didn't, like, listen to his music much. Now I do. Well, I know what also I'm watching tonight. Mm-hmm. You should. It's really good.
2: Amazing. Um, uh, that's so no. great. Wow. I mean, yes. Wow. I didn't think about Taylor Swift changing the landscape of reality TV. But you are right. Wow. And yeah. I want to say, for Stassi, to Stasi's credit, I think she's grown out of this. Mm-hmm. She's a mom now. She recently had a very cute Instagram pic of her, and including Sheena, who's also mm-hmm. a mom now. Mm-hmm. They've become friends. Uh, all the Vanderpump moms with their babies, and it was cute. And I think she has grown and and learned learned the uh the power of solidarity Hmm. but it took her a bit it took her a bit and now her new tattoo is going to be just like other moms (laughs) that would be honestly she already does a podcast about her baby but she should change it to that title that is a great title
3: (laughs) that would be great caitlin by the way uh i'm sorry that i wasn't able to let this out of my mind and i just have to say it now but from the first sentence of your thesis iconic use of binging and bonging (laughs) (laughs) I think it's going to catch on.
2: You got a bing and you got a bong.
3: And some days it's a bing day. And some days it's a bong day.
2: And some days it's both. And that's it.
1: Honestly, I think that's the perfect setup for our next game. Yeah, I think we got a bing bong over to game number two. Yeah. (laughs) This is going to catch on. Speaking of binging and bonging, we got a little game today called Walk-In Shame or Hall of Fame. Because, you know... As Stan Stan know, each week I, I do a deep dive of research into whatever theme we're talking about. And y'all, there are so oh. many think pieces on Not Like Other Girls. There, Ooh. like, I am, I'm certain if there's not yet, there soon will be like a course of study at some university dedicated completely to this trope and its many criticisms and why it's anti-feminist and why it ruined all of our lives. But that being said, Some of our favorite and most iconic characters from film, TV, literature, they've fallen into Not Like Other Girls tropes. Ah. And so in this, the year 2021, I'm going to make you make a choice. I have several iconic characters and one of them, one of them is going to be saved and put in the Hall of Fame (laughs) of Not Like Other Girls. Oh, wow. Wow. Sadly, one of them is going to get canceled and forced to walk in shame forever. So I'm going to give you each each I have I have several different categories, and each category you're going to pick one. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you okay. ready?
3: Yes. Wait. Question. Do I save who I think is not not like other girls? Oh.
2: You
1: get. To, ooh, this is for you. Open to interpretation because. Like I will say, the Hall of Fame is celebrating, not like other girls. Mm -hmm. We're saying, you know Uh what, their their contributions to media are so prolific. We have to, we have to honor them. And even though this character fell into this stereotype, the other one, we're going to go ahead and let be canceled. And and, and, (laughs) sorry, I'm lasered in. Okay, this first round is celebrating a channel that perhaps did more for this trope than any other. The WB, and our first (laughs) round is. One Tree Hill's Peyton Sawyer versus Buffy the Vampire Slayer herself. Ooh. Who is going to walk in shame? Who's going in the Hall of Fame? Peyton versus Buffy.
3: Okay. This is tough because you have to remember I'm 15 mm-hmm. years old. So yeah. this Right.
1: Is, yeah. It's hard. This is history class.
3: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I'm learning and I'm growing. And uh, One Tree Hill, I actually did consume as a younger American. And uh, my <laughs> sister was obsessed with it. I remember Peyton just being so glamorous to me. Mm. You just sort of like unlocked yeah. something in me yeah. where I, I was like, wait, I was gay even back then because I w- I, w- I, didn't have the language for it, but I was watching mm. Peyton and I was going, okay, honey, yes, mama, slay. <laughs> for my little child body.
2: <laughs> and then the WB frog comes on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've actually been thinking about the WB frog a lot lately. I think about it every uh, day. Yeah, honestly. Um, And then Buffy is so iconic and does so much, but then also, yeah, has absolutely zero irony about how she's different. And oh, so it's like the more iconic character who we've seen flop more maybe versus Mm. a more protected, slightly, slightly, okay, I don't want anyone jumping on me, slightly less iconic Mm -hmm. character. I think I'm going to, you know what? in the spirit of being not like other girls, I'm going to save Peyton. We can be done with Buffy and she's over. She's over.
0: Wow.
1: Wow. Honestly, this makes sense to me. This makes sense to me. And to be honest, I think Hillary Burton needed the win. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, we're going to stick in the world of television for a moment. And, uh, Legally, I have not yet said the words Grey's Anatomy enough times for this episode, so I do have to say, last night watching the premiere episode, I realized that, especially early as Grey's Anatomy, like the early seasons is just one big love letter to Not Like Other Girls. Like, yeah. Come on, there's not a single female character on that show that's not living their best Not Like Other Girls life. That being said, Meredith Grey versus Christina Yang. Ellen Pompeo versus Sandra (laughs) O. what do we do okay
3: okay. that is very very tough wow
2: and they're both they are both kind of mean to Izzy about Mm -hmm. being girly and stuff yeah yeah and they're mean to each
1: other like this friendship is truly toxic at times when they're both thinking the other one is being too feminine
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: yeah oh my god okay that's extremely extremely tough and yes (laughs) also a lot of girl boss dynamic mixed in there
2: Yes, yes. Um, Dr. Christina Yang. And the Ellen Pompeo of it all.
3: Uh, oh my God. Well, that, see, that is actually why, you know what? I am actually going to cancel Dr. Christina Yang because <gasps> because I think a lot of enjoyment of that character is through a really, really serious, invested read on that mm-hmm. character. And so... When that character flops, it's a little bit goofy. It's a mm-hmm. little bit silly. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, Dr. Meredith Gray, on the other hand, is so good to laugh at at all times. And it's <laughs> brought me a lot of uh, enjoyment that way. And that is why I'm going to save Dr. Wow.
1: Okay. Incredibly iconic moves.
3: Also, her name's on the show. That's there wild. There you go.
1: That's wild. It is wild.
3: But that, I think that's also like very, not like other girls. Like, it's my show. hmm
1: mm-hmm. Wow. All right. All right. I'm living for this. All right. Now, this next one is both literary and cinematic. Mm. We have the one and only Top Witch herself, Hermione Granger from the world of Harry Potter, versus teenage fan fiction inspiration Bella from the world of Twilight.
3: (gasps) Okay. Okay. (laughs) This is hard. I, I okay, hold on. Wow. I, I need to walk around for this.
2: Watson v. Stewart.
3: Okay, I would like to facilitate discussion on this one because I okay. think this is big. Okay. Hermione is the most not-like-other-girls character in the <laughs> entire world. Okay. okay.
2: She's not like other witches, I mean. She's not like
3: other witches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, She literally at one point is so smart she has to take extra classes by time traveling that's how Mm -hmm. much smarter she is constantly just breaking any rule to be better than anyone else um but she (laughs) is also she is also better than everyone else it's true it's true um she did i will say in the beginning of her arc she is defined by not being well liked not having friends and so i give her some like significant credit for that like she didn't materialize this and decide she was different she she was definitely bullied Mm -hmm, can we agree mm -hmm. on that Mm -hmm, absolutely mm -hmm. yeah now Bella (laughs) 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 this I have a lot of feelings on I was talking about Twilight on on another podcast recently it had a huge effect on me Um, your mental
2: health is gone for the week well
3: because reading the books and and alone and then watching the movies with female friends I was not out when the movies were coming out and I was drawn to these books I really wanted to read them even though they were schlock and I was extra not out then and it was like if you were caught reading Twilight that's gay so I and I knew that there was no justification so I I crossed a line there and then (laughs) the movies were were (laughs) I got to go with female friends who shared my interests and it was my Mm -hmm. first toe dip into like, oh, I'm surrounded by supportive women who like me Mm -hmm. for who I am and we share interests. Um, So Twilight, I recently rewatched it. It does not necessarily hold up, but it was very funny.
1: (laughs) I also recently did a complete rewatch. So, Really?
3: Isn't (laughs) Mm it honestly very fun to watch? Except uh, New Moon.
1: Agreed. A hundred percent. I... I've done multiple like full series. We watched the before this one. The last time I done it was a couple years ago. I woke up at my friend. Shout out to Rosie Guarino uh, in her place in L.A. and had one of the worst hangovers of my adult life. (laughs) And we just couldn't do anything but watch all of the. Twilight. (laughs)
3: That's that's like 20 hours. No, that's not. That's like 12 hours of movie, too.
1: Yeah, we did it on a sat. We did it on a Sunday, Sunday. And that's Uh all we did. Anyways.
3: Well, okay, so Bella, okay, everything Bella does is, is sincere and true to herself, and she does, when she shows up at school, like, fall into a group of friends without even trying. Yeah. And it is, it does always have to be about her, but it also, it always is about her. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna, okay, now I know what I'm gonna do. Okay. I am going to save Bella. <gasps> okay. I, and I'll explain why. I'll, I'll say I'm going to cancel Hermione Granger because she gets way too proud of herself over time and she mm-hmm, needs to be mm-hmm. taken down a peg. Um, Bella, I just remembered one moment and I, this, it, it can't be taught. <laughs> new moon, Bella is so upset that Edward has gone away to protect mm-hmm. her. And she started seeing his ghost or an apparition. Oh of yeah. When she does risk-taking behaviors.
1: And she decides
3: to do escalating risk-taking behaviors, like riding a motorcycle when she doesn't know how, Mm -hmm. very not like other girls. And ultimately she does like a 60 foot cliff jump to see her boyfriend's ghost. And it's (laughs) the biggest, most attention grabbing thing you could ever do. Like just make everyone in your entire life worried about you because you're upset Incredible. And adding that <laughs> to the way that she defines herself as being like, totally different. I think that's, I, I don't think there's better than that. My God.
2: Wow. All right. That is iconic. You know, that's such a different kind of not like mm-hmm. other girl because Bella is not a girl boss at all. I don't feel.
1: Not until the final, and not, well, I would say in the last, in Breaking Dawn, when she okay. transitions into a vampire.
2: She right. becomes maybe, a girl boss. Maybe some. But you know, that's, that's not there in the initial. Whereas no. like Meredith Cray, it's always there. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah.
3: Bella really yeah. gained her power over the series. And it's mm-hmm. both literally and figuratively. And it's very beautiful. Though she does take an enormous shortcut.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> we absolutely have to. We legally must. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, we have one final, one final matchup. Okay. And this one, I have to admit, Did not come to me, my, this I did not have inspiration in this. I I saw this on a Reddit discussion board about not like other girls tropes and was Hmm. fascinated by this discussion. But I wanted us to dip our toes into the the wonderful world of Disney. Hmm. And I found my way to this very active discussion about which Disney characters were in this trope and which were not. And so I have to ask you two names that I saw on this discussion board were Elsa from Frozen Mm. and Mulan from Mulan.
3: Ooh. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I thought you might bring up Megara from Hercules, who is just mm -hmm. so sassy. And so I, I would have given her the world. She was mentioned
1: on the board, but I thought that was just like an easy answer. So I wanted to make it a little bit more challenging for you, knowing what your expertise are.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Because I just would have I would have been like, yeah, Meg. Uh, but okay, so (laughs) Mulan does what she has to do, but she's dramatic about it Mm -hmm. and she is defining herself the entire time. It's like, honey, just show up to training camp at the army and just go for it. You don't need to worry about it the whole time. Um, You're doing great. I mean, did you see the other soldiers? She's better than them. Yeah. <laughs> so like, just do better. I don't. I I don't know. I think that women can do anything. And she was all up in her head while mm. she was crying, and, and I don't think she needed to be. And then, uh, whew, and that. Wait, who was the other choice?
1: Elsa from Frozen. Elsa.
3: Yes. Okay. Another
1: character caught in her head.
3: Completely caught in her head. Everybody's just like Elsa. We love you, Elsa. We stand. Um, be our queen. Have ice powers. And she's like, "It's so dangerous, and everyone's so mean to me." Uh, she is so powerful. She sings an incredible ballad. That that song is very mm-hmm. like, uh, "Okay, honey, serve." Yeah, but no one was actually arguing with you.
2: <laughs> and the Adina of it all.
3: Oh, oh. the Adina of it all. Um, the uh, the bridge of that song, by the way, is what really slaps mm-hmm. for me yeah oh, it was really good. Uh, sorry. <laughs> okay. I love it, ok. I'm gonna cancel Mulan <gasps> okay. because it all works out. She had nothing to worry about. And ultimately, she does kind of drop it to, like <laughs> be a badass girl boss and get the love of her life. um. And so it kind of all works out. She dipped her toes into defining herself as other and being not like other girls. And then uh, it had really good results. And she said, I don't need to do that anymore. (laughs) So then I have to save Elsa, who is completely defined by being dramatic about how she's different. Nobody, (laughs) nobody told her no. And she put it all out in front of her. She loved it
1: absolutely correct i think that is the absolute correct answer
2: yeah i also love a girl that has a sister that's like Mm -hmm. very close in age and looks to her but is like but i'm this person not like me yep
3: yes -hmm. she she was like oh uh actually anna fuck off because you're making me feel bad Mm -hmm. fully
1: fully the only reason she told her to go away is because she didn't like how she made her feel
3: Yes, Real. absolutely. Anna was like, hey, um, I love that we're sisters. I'd love to spend some time with you. And Elsa <laughs> was like, that's actually so rude. <laughs> <laughs> no. Now,
1: between the ones you've saved, so you saved Peyton Sawyer, Meredith Gray, Bella from Twilight. Does she have a last name? I'm not sure. And Elsa from Frozen. Of these four, you can only save one. <gasps> Which one are you putting in the Hall of Fame? Who is the ultimate not like other girls?
3: Okay. Well, (laughs) I'll say the runner-up is Elsa because this did make me realize how core to her character Mm -hmm. this is. She truly defines herself. But listen, I don't want to get any hate mail about this. I'm saying that right now. I'm saving Miss Bella Swan. Yeah! Because she, to me, is iconic, but also, like, there's... The not-like-other-girls-of-Bella is built-in. Like, she doesn't have to tell you. You're gonna, like... The second she shows up at school, people are, are like, I thought people from Arizona were supposed to be tan. And instead of being, like... <laughs> so they're othering her from the beginning. And instead of her being, like, uh-huh, no, uh, good one, she's like, bites her lip and is like... <sighs> Well, not me, I guess. (laughs) So incredible. Absolutely Uh. incredible.
2: Right. right. Rather than just like sharing anything. Well, actually, you know, it's just that I I spend a lot of time inside reading. What are your hobbies? It's like no ability to like get to know anyone else.
3: I rewatched this first movie and everyone is being extremely nice to her and bringing her into everything and she offers zero information about herself and extends herself uh, zero completely. Men come to her. (laughs) She doesn't do anything except Google uh, vampires, which is a very fun scene.
1: It's so wild. Well, while while we're talking about these iconic not like other girls, we do have a, a quick message from former guest, friend of the pod, We Stand book club member, uh, Victoria Edel. And so uh, we we have a little voice memo that we're going to share with you and, and then we'd love to get your reaction, Ian. Here's somebody who's not like other girls. Um, Lucy from Peanuts. She's, you know, she's like, I'm going to play football. I like, think about my mental illness or I guess she's like diagnosing other people with mental illnesses she's not like other girls she thinks she's better than peppermint patty she thinks she's better than sally you're not you're all equals (laughs) so lucy does she belong in the hall of fame alongside bella swan or does she deserve to walk in shame
3: Absolute Hall of Famer. Absolutely. And she symbolizes the type of not like other girls girl who is, is a different stage of it, which is the one who we're done with, honey. Like she got to stop. Stop doing this. Stop being too much. We're done with the gag. Be sincere and be yourself. I am fully, I mean, I guess that is core to her character, but, um, Chuck, give us something else on her because like (laughs) I'm, I'm, you know what? I don't even know her personally and I'm annoyed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, I love it so much. Well, we're going to we're going to take a quick break to make sure that the Hall of Fame knows who they're inducting next and we'll be right back. All right. Well, uh, it's very exciting. I heard the induction ceremony is going to be happening uh, in early November. So everyone keep an eye out for the Not Like Other Girls Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Uh, Coming to a theater near you. uh, I think it's a fathom event. (laughs) All right. So we have one final question to ponder today. I, you know, in thinking about not like other girl tropes. You know, at first I was going to do an entire thesis about Seattle Grace uh, and Grace Moon Memorial and, you know, how it's a love letter, blah, 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 blah. But then I I checked myself and realized, Lauren, this, this actually is not a specifically Grey's Anatomy podcast and we do need to rein it in. So I challenged myself to think about other media. And I thought about a film that when it first came out, I wasn't initially a huge fan of it. But as I've gotten older... My respect for this film has only grown with time. Like a lot of things from childhood that I look back on and I like it less. This is something that I like more. And that's the film Bring It On. Ooh. Nice. When Bring It On first came out, I it was fine. It was, But I was not the girl with a sleepover being like, oh, let's watch Bring It On. But uh, But <laughs> I get now that it was so much more than I gave it credit for. And I actually think that this film is a feminist manifesto rejecting the not like other girls trope. And it's mostly due to Elijah Dushku's character. And I think that the character that she plays, Missy Pantone,
2: is... (laughs) Great
1: Set up to be the Not Like Other Girls. She comes in, she's kind of a little bit of a rocker chick. She doesn't really want to do cheerleading, all these things. But she joins the cheerleading team, ends up loving the cheerleading team, and is able to contain multitudes in a way that a lot of characters from this genre and from this era were not. And upon closer examination, when I was thinking about the Torrance character played by Kristen Dunst, she's also getting to defy stereotypes through her relationship with Missy's brother, Cliff. Because Cliff is very much an outsider, uh, sort of not like other boys boy, <laughs> <if> you <will. laughs> And him and and Torrance, Cliff and Torrance, end up in a romantic relationship. So like, This movie is so multifaceted in that Torrance really rejects the stereotypes of what it means to be a head cheerleader and Missy and her friendship and their love of each other. It's sort of just like, basically this movie, to me, the new takeaway I have at this, you know... I don't, I almost said middle-aged and I was like, I'm aging myself in a way that's actually not fair to myself or honestly honest. I don't know where I am in my life, whatever. But at this point in my life, I look back on it and I'm like, wow, this movie was actually a celebration of the fact that like being a girl can mean anything and we can fill different spaces and different roles and it be okay. But I'm curious, do you think this is, does this read make sense? What are your thoughts?
3: This read makes complete sense to me when you, when you brought up bring it on, I thought you might be asking about someone bringing on being a not like other girls girl. And I was so ready to be like, no, I think they are so true to themselves. And exactly like you, like you said, Missy, I love to see that in a film or any piece of media, somebody comes in and they're slated to not like something and they choose positivity and they choose to go with it. Yeah. Um, I think we could all choose to go with it more. Um, Side note: This is why Halloween is my favorite uh, holiday because everyone <gasps> is like, "Yeah, I'll dress up." Like nobody's too yeah. important or too cool to dress up. Also, I've been watching Legally Blonde uh, a mm. lot, and I've been I keep rewatching uh, the Queens Who Like to Watch of uh, of bringing on an incredible. YouTube series done through Netflix with uh, Trixie Mattel and and Katya. Also, they're another movie celebrated uh, where women are celebrating like who Mm -hmm. they are and choosing to be positive and try new things and uh, not define themselves in any sort of way. But I think that's a perfect read on Bring It On because Bring It On is an, an absolute feminist celebration and there's very little you're not going to walk away from that movie thinking any type type of woman is bad. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It celebrates all kinds of women, for the most part.
1: And I think what's cool is, like, the character arcs and the evolution of the character, like, they don't, they don't, like, fundamentally reject or change who they are, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's part of why the not like other girls trope is so hard is because like it implies that you have to like choose a path. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And like these characters are just sort of like, oh, my choice of after school activity doesn't have to like completely redefine who I am. I can be like a cool rocker chick that like is on the cheer squad or I could be on the cheer squad and dance the alt and date the alt guy. Like, I don't know. I love
2: it. Yeah. That's so brilliant. Also it it they did a great job with casting Eliza Dushku because mm-hmm. it plays right. off her role of faith on yep. Buffy who's beyond not like other girls. <laughs> and so you kind of expect that from that character and then you see a different progression. Very well yeah. done.
3: And I think this read kind of does lead us to the actual exit door from this trap of this trope which is the Way you make it out of this unscathed, not too basic, not too not like other girls, is you don't be mean to anyone else for their interests and mm-hmm. you don't be super ashamed of what you like. I think yeah. that's the way to do it.
1: There that's it is. that's the key. I do need to mention that in revisiting the world to bring it on to make sure I had all of my ducks in a row and understood the world, I researched the screenwriter, which I had never done before. And her name is Jessica Bendinger, and she her vibe to me is everything. And it makes so much sense that this woman penned that screenplay. Because, first of all, if you click on her website, she, <laughs> she it's incredible. She does everything. She has like wrote films, she's directed films, she's worked in TV, she's written written for magazines. She's done podcasts. She was a model. Like, she's done, like, so many different things. Wow. But one of my favorite things is, this is, like, this woman is so successful. This woman has made so much money. And on her website, I just have to shout this out, it says, favorite breakfast spot, Chibo. Height, 5'11 without heels. Currently based in Hollywood, California. And I just love that this woman has that. And then if you keep scrolling, you- it's such a celebration of all of her films, which, by the way, she worked on First Daughter and Aquamarine. Mean, my God. Thank you. But she has a um, an option to, like, ch- like, send her an email. And it says, let's chat now. And it gives you a place to put your name, your email, your message. But then at the bottom, you're supposed to check. I just want to say either I love your work. I hate your work. I want to work with you. Or let's go, Toros. <laughs> and I just have a new icon to stand. i'm just so obsessed with her wow. and this really doesn't tie into my thesis too much other than to say thank you jessica i know i now stand in your kingdom <laughs> like absolutely yeah. wow
3: okay i'm i'm quickly i'm looking at this website and quickly becoming a fan uh i just like even every little detail here's a picture of her wearing a high neckline black dress with a dramatic red lip already i'm gonna stand anyone who dresses like that and she i think she would vibe with All three of us very well because she seems (laughs) to have done some podcasting about Dolly Parton. So she knows what's important.
1: And she did a podcast about like mob wives that I, it's called Mob Queens. And this is the perfect person. She is my hero that I didn't know. I didn't know that I needed her in my life. And now that she's here, I can't believe I ever survived without her,
2: you know? And, and to Ian's point about like, don't, being sh- don't be ashamed of your interests. She has like all these interests that have nothing to do with each other. And I feel mm-hmm. like when I was a young person, like, like struggling with like appearing cool, part of it was like, well, I need to, suppress the interest in this because Mm -hmm. it doesn't fit in with these other things. This aesthetic isn't good with this. And it made me very unhappy. And I feel like I've been much happier since I accepted that I just like a bunch of different things and it's okay. Yeah, and it's like, I'm
1: looking at her resume and I'm like, she's written books. She's directed rap music videos. Like, this woman just does what she wants to do. She wrote songs uh, for Miranda Lambert
0: what
1: like, a What? yeah like she's an apparently an avid songwriter like she wrote the song hurts <gasps> to think i stop it we're all road tripping we're meeting and here's the thing she also is working on a stage musical called psyched a comedic journey through the wonderful world of mental health all right so what i'm saying is i started out with a thesis about how bring it on as a feminist manifesto and i'm Ending today's episode with a plea. If anyone can introduce me to Jessica Bendinger, I need her to be my mentor. I need her to yes. be my mother. I need her yes. to, I love her. I'm obsessed with her now. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay, That's we've got Instagram
3: and Wait, Twitter. why does it say we'll show be, Sex we'll and the City and when, when I Google her? Because she
1: was a writer on the show Sex and the season, City,
2: I think season four.
3: Oh my God. Wow. <sighs> okay, uh, wow.
2: As someone who <laughs> recently rewatched Sex and the City, it gets demonstrably better late season three into season four. And I'm giving mm. her all the credit. It that's gets a lot her. funnier. It gets a lot funnier.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when the show sort of understands what it is, too. I, that was I her. think
1: her, um, the episode that like has her, that she gets credited for is the episode Time and Punishment.
3: Hmm. Hmm. hmm.
1: Anyways, this woman is oh, also, here's a fun thing that you won't get on her IMDb page, but her website tells you she also worked on What a Girl Wants, Freaky Friday, Mean Girls, Charlie's Angels 2, Just Like Heaven, Ghost of Girlfriends Past, G-Force, and Hitch as an uncredited writer. Okay, okay so like every
3: good movie? Cool. Got okay. it. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. To have worked on Freaky Friday.
2: Oh, my God. Time and Punishment is the one where Miranda throws her back out, and Aiden has to come <laughs> f- figure out <laughs> when she's naked. Okay, icon. Icon alert. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. Um. Everyone listening, please follow this woman on all platforms.
2: <laughs> and write her in for president, and then we'll be okay.
3: Yeah.
0: But
2: also,
1: don't forget how you came to be obsessed with her. And that's through this show. And like, right. Please let us like, don't grab your second slice of pizza until we get our first slice. You know Mm. what I'm saying? (laughs) That's all I'm saying.
3: We have some time before the episode comes out where maybe we can reach out, (laughs) Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, establish contact.
1: And much like, much like I, we all know that Ian (laughs) is going to work alongside Taylor Swift.
3: Yeah. mm -hmm. I
1: now believe that Jessica Bendinger, you will be on this podcast. of hell or high water. I know it in my bones. I just absolutely know it.
3: put that out into the world. Yeah. She will come
1: three things. I know. Jessica Bendinger will be a guest on this podcast. I will meet Joshua Jackson someday. <laughs> come hell or high water. And the third thing is that Ellen Pompeo wanted to quit Grey's Anatomy 17 seasons ago. Those are the three <laughs> things I know to be true. <laughs> Inarguable. Yeah.
2: All of them. <laughs> Oh, wow. I think we've really done a lot of great work today, guys. I, I feel like mm-hmm. good about it. the academic study of Not Like Other Girls it has progressed yeah. greatly in the last 80 minutes or so. I Absolutely. really think so.
3: And I do still think it's kind of um, completely made up. And yeah. there are lots of people of all genders who define themselves as being different. For Absolutely. men, we call them hipsters. Mm-hmm. Like it's just mm-hmm. um, or my dad calls them hipsters. You're
2: right. Uh,
3: <laughs> And it's a funny concept, but I hope no one out there thinks that it's a real concept.
2: Right. Don't take it too seriously. And um, as Ian said, it's a trap. Mm -hmm. It's a trap. Um, Ian, for people that want to be in
1: the trap of your talent, how can they follow you? Where can they stand you? Help them out they're thirsty.
3: Okay, if the people are begging, I guess I'll give it to them. Um, You can follow me on all socials, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok even, uh, at Mr. Ian Lockwood, M-R, Ian Lockwood. Uh, And then find me, search my name on Spotify and YouTube because I put cool stuff up there all the time. I think you'll really like it. Um, But if you only have like one follow to give this week, I would prefer you give it to Jessica Bendinger.
2: (laughs) Yeah, for those that are rationing their follows, but for those that are not, don't forget us about at we stand social across all platforms, and don't be afraid to give us a five star review on on I almost at iTunes, but it's, it's Apple Podcast now, but whatever.
3: Oh. Mm-hmm. i'm gonna call it itunes till the day i fucking go back. on
2: itunes
1: d- <laughs> and look at what you were listening to in 2005 uh stand stands you know you can slide into our dms you know you can email us at we stand at gmail.com let us know what guests should we be reaching for what topic should we be diving into and more importantly how are you going to help me connect to my new mother jessica Bendinger?
0: <laughs> let us know <laughs>
2: Until next time, Stan Sans.
0: Bye. So you want a blonde bimbo? Well, I have bad news. Because I'm not like other girls with golden curls. And I'm not confused. Yeah, you want a heart, baby. Hairless and nude. Well, I'm full grown, even though I do love baby food. I'm different. Other girls like Instagram, but I read books. Other girls like holding hands, but I have hooks I'm so weird and different, and they're all the same I like spaghetti, other girls don't like spaghetti I'm not like other girls, I'm so different I'm quirky, I'm random, banana, jacuzzi Other girls don't like me, cause I'm too cute and sexy I'm not like other girls And I'm very low maintenance and chill Other girls like sending texts But I send mail Other girls are prim and proper I'm in jail I'm so weird and different And they're all the same I don't like Mondays Other girls don't like lasagna I'm not like other girls I'm so different I'm quirky, I'm random to lead up by B Other girls don't like me cause I'm too cute and sexy. I'm not like other girls And my uncle works at Nintendo. Other girls like pumpkin spice, I like my latte rancid Other girls like pop music, I don't know what that is. I've been around the world, Perry, LA. I'm the only girl who's been on a plane. And I bet you didn't know I was British, bruv. I'm the only girl who is British. I'm not like other girls, I'm so different. I'm quirky, I'm random, Hillary, Benghazi. Other girls don't like me, cause I'm so cute and sexy. I'm not like that I'm so much worse yeah I'm not like the other girls like other girls like other girls I'm not like the other girls like other girls I'm not like the other girls like other girls like other girls I'm not like the other girls like other girls Bloody hell
3: boys are all grown up with their-